it wasn't too long ago that we were celebrating the birth of Jesus. Presents were under the tree, a star was above. Jesus was being born into the night to unwed parents in a barn. It's a pretty humbling story. In the Christian calendar, Jesus is born on Christmas, the Magi come at Epiphany, and then we have ordinary time until Lent that prepares us for the crucifixion of Jesus. The entirety of Jesus' birth, death, and new life are captured in less than five months, while the rest of the year we celebrate his ministry. His story, it is full, but it cannot be understood apart from his birth and death. I used to say that I was a good Friday Christian, meaning it was clear that the crucifixion of Jesus was central to my faith. More than a spectacular birth or a fantastical resuscitation, the death of Jesus was a defining part of how I understood the rest of the story. And not just that he died, because we all die, but how he died on the cross. The Corinthian people were shaped by the Hellenist culture that claimed many gods. They were Gentiles and they were diasporic Jews. They came from varying religious backgrounds with various religious constructs, and they did not always get along. They were of the world, exposed to a great deal, and they clung to their wisdom. They could even be elitist in the wisdom that they held. These folks there found all over, you may know folks like this, you may be folks like this. They seek to know and believe that they could accumulate enough information to know all that they needed or what they didn't yet know. But Paul answered that, seeking by explaining the answer doesn't come in lofty words and wisdom. The simple answer he proclaims is in Jesus Christ crucified. The lens of the faith is in this vital part of the story. Paul's witness in Corinth is apparent throughout time. He speaks to a wisdom of maturity that transcends the wisdom of the ages or of the rulers of the age. Those things he names will perish and are doomed. The rulers of his age, if they knew God's wisdom, would not have crucified Jesus. But the power of that story, it's not in the one-time occurrence Instead, it is how it shows up again and again. The death of Jesus occurred because of who and what Jesus declared and proclaimed. Be salt. Be light. Religious leaders of the day feared that he intended to abolish the laws, but he embodied the law in his love. In doing so, he became an an enemy of the empire and of religion. So you can't abolish what you are fully living. And he instructs the people who gather to hear him to fulfill the law in their being and their doing. Be salt. Be light. He has just spoken the Beatitudes we explored that last week. Be blessed. Whoever breaks the least of these commandments will be least in the realm of God. And whoever does these things will be called great in the realm of God. In chapter 5, beyond our text today, we hear the gospel continue. It speaks to anger as a way in which we are alienated from God. We hear Jesus encouraging our boundaries to to be set far from the overstep with regard to adultery. We hear a teaching on divorce, 
We hear the command to honor oaths. He speaks against retaliation and instead speaks to responding to an evil done against you by going above and beyond for those who harm. Finally, we hear the call to love our neighbors and pray for those who persecute you. I have to be honest, I got to the, to the end of chapter 5 and I thought about the current realities with regard to the wisdom of the rulers of the age and I wondered if there was really anything else that I could say. You could read chapter 5 and pick up a newspaper from this week and do a pretty easy inventory on the failures that surround us. But that, it's not my concern today because the failures, they are ours too. The text from Paul speaks to an inability to grasp the wisdom of the Spirit. The wisdom that we seek, the wisdom rooted in God, subverts all of our expectations. The text confirms what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor human heart conceived, what God has prepared for those who love God. So you are confounded by the mystery. You might not fully get it. You don't have to. And the world around you will tell you a different story. It will attempt to have you believe wisdom can be found in places where wisdom is actually quite limited, even when it suggests you have all that you need. We are not fully capable of grasping all of it, but we can be certain that our choices and our actions, they aren't that complicated. You can be salt and light. Or you can disregard the clear, the clear callings of Jesus. You should measure your choices against the radical expectations of the one we follow. That is the wisdom of the Spirit of God. This week, a judge decided that the volunteers from Namas Muertes could not be prosecuted for exercising their religion. This overturned a decision that convicted them of federal misdemeanors for entering the Cabeza Prieta National Wildlife Refuge without a permit, driving on a restricted access road, and leaving food and water for migrants crossing the border. The original judge fined the volunteers $250 each and sentenced them to 15 months of unsupervised um, probation for dropping food and water. The wisdom of our ages believes that we can solve the immigration crisis by withholding water and food from desperate humans trying to reach U.S. soil. It also believes that if we punish the acts of mercy and love that send beautiful souls to break unjust laws in an unjust system that has yet to find a just understanding of how we will care for our migrants, that is okay. The wisdom of the rulers of this age has determined that separating families, incarcerating migrants, and denying them humanitarian consideration is the solution. But the Spirit of God shows up to drop water and food, to work towards the release of a father who has been taken from his family to a detention center, to give resources for gas cards for families who are seeking to find their families at our detention centers. This letter that Paul wrote intends to speak to people who believed they had the necessary wisdom, 
But Paul has a message for the elitists of this day. You do not have all the wisdom you need. He proclaims that though the wisdom of God, that through the wisdom of God, that which you need can be experienced. And you will find that through the lens of the crucified Christ. That is a lens in which Paul speaks about weakness and fear and trembling. In that space, still we are asked to lead from humility with grace and kindness. Be salt because the world needs flavor. The flavor of love and life that happens when followers of the way meet the wisdom of the ages. Be light and do not let the light you have, you have shine, um, do not hide the light you have, shine it for it is a beacon that allows others to see the way. The call of the blessed of which we all are. See last week's sermon is that we have received the Spirit of God so that we can know the wisdom of God. That spirit was on a cross, crucified by the empire. It will seek to be known in the face of the propaganda of the empire, and it will be co-opted by the empire time and time again. And the wisdom of the ruler of the ages, it is doomed. It shall perish. Hear that good news, because you are a part of that truth. Richard Carlson of Lutheran Theological Seminary explains the experience for the Corinthians that we read about today. We would be right to hear with an ear for this day. On the one side stands the ways, the means, and the values of this age with its human wisdom and rhetoric and rulers and violence. Some of the Corinthians are using these standards by which they judge themselves to be superior compared to others in the Christian community of Corinth. Not only has their arrogant reliance on the principles of this age caused them to not understand the core of God's saving plan and work, it is tearing apart the fabric of the unity in the body of Christ. That is the context in which the passage from 1 Corinthians is written. When the one you follow eats with sinners, heals on the Sabbath, and is subject to the death penalty, there isn't a public relations scenario that helps the religious elites in the empire get on board. It is counter to the life of power and control and boundaries that result in dividing lines that they are trying to sell. But the Spirit of God, it makes you stop and say, this is good. Like a properly salted dish. It is what lets, it is what says, let me shine this light so that others can see. My colleague, the Reverend Roger Billingsley Hayes, is the pastor of Renewal Fellowship UCC in Winston-Salem. He operates what you say food trucks that serves good food that feeds your soul. A collaboration of POSSE, which stands for Preventing Ongoing STIs Everywhere, partnered with Rogers Food Truck for National Black HIV Testing Day. Rogers Truck provided food and POSSE provided testing for 42 individuals. The food it was surely flavored as Rogers shined a light and encouraged the importance of knowing your status. The Spirit of God meets the wisdom of the ages to bring light to what needs to be known so that it can be treated. 
This past week, we were contacted by an intern who wants to come to talk to us about the opioid epidemic that we face. This epidemic, it meets frustrations that are endless in West Asheville, with the steady collective providing clean needles and used needles being found and discarded unsafely too often. I suspect we will have an offering in spiritual formation sometime in the future. One of the questions raised is about whether we would be willing to hold Narcan, an opioid reversal drug, on site. To be clear, when your pastor is on site, we have Narcan available. It's in my purse, and I will provide it to anyone who needs it, here or out in the world. For too long, the wisdom of the ages has criminalized addiction, allowed big pharma to make big bucks, and the spirit of God that meets the wisdom of God sees the mother, the child, and neighbor in the midst of an overdose. The spirit of God seeks to choose life in the midst of death. If the lens by which we understand wisdom is the crucified Christ, can we see the power of a drug that brings people to life as they pummel towards death? Can we see its subversive response in the face of that death? How it holds on and demands life. That's salty. And it's light. It is the wisdom of God meeting the present destruction that is before so many. Now hear this. I know that opioid addiction, it's a challenging puzzle to solve. I know that it creates all kinds of non-preferable realities for most of us. And we don't ever solve it by keeping it out of sight. When we see it, we will solve it. Put your light on the bushel stand for all to see and put your greatest travails for it won't be solved in the shadows but in the light. The shadows crucify. It's where the darkness feeds on more darkness. But the light, it shines in the places where Jesus' story breaks forth. That story, it's salty and it's light. It breaks boundaries and rules. It's the spirit of God breaking forth the wisdom of God even amidst the rulers of the ages whose wisdom denies it and refuses it. So every day, choose salt, choose light, choose the story of the crucified one, the one crossing the border legally or illegally, the one who is seeking to know their status, the one who is in need of a life-saving dose of Narcan, the ways of Jesus, they will never be easy. It is a life laid down at the cross. It's full of flavor, and it's lifted up to the light. May it be so. Amen. At this time, we invite you to rise in body and or spirit and join us in singing a new song for us. It is our song of response. It can be found on your purple bulletin insert, rather, lavender. Um, Let me, for the sake of clarification, so that we don't get lost when singing a new song. um, On this insert, it looks like we sing four lines consistently every time, but in reality, we sing the first three lines all the way through, and then the last line is our last line. So, we'll go ahead and sing now. Stand as you are able. One, two, three, four. 
Barbara Brown Taylor through some of her 